It's the Scotsman. This is Brian Priest, joined as always by Utah State Aggie super fan Who Tran. You are a super fan, right? Super. I love. I mean, probably. I'm one of the two super fans in the KSL um, uh, TV side of, of, of teams. I, I'll yeah. give you that. Yes. Allow me, you and Matt Glade, the, the former yeah. host of the Scotsman. Yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> we're talking a local legend in Matt yes. Glade. Milking those cows, of course. So. <laughs> oh, man. So, one time, funny story, it just reminds me of it when you talk about milking the cows. Um, I Years and years ago, this was probably late 90s, early 2000s, like the, the Spencer Nelson era right. at Utah State. And they were still in the Big West at the time. Um, this probably was after Stu Morrill had started coaching here, but not not long after. And uh, so it's it's the Big West. You know, you're going to Southern California, a lot of these really tiny yep. gyms. You know, we're talking 2,000 people. Up, yeah. Uh, uh, you know. Cal Poly, San right, Luis right, Obispo. Yeah, you, Cal State, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, those yes. types of schools. Yep. And we were, my, my friend at the time had one of those giant satellite dishes. This is when satellite first came out. They weren't <laughs> even on your home. They weren't attached to your roof. It was a giant dish out in the yard right. by the shed. Yes, 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 and it had to like move. It was the wildest thing. But because they had this satellite dish, we were able to pick up a local California feed of one of these random Big West schools and watch Utah State basketball with these local broadcasters mm-hmm. and they were talking about Utah State and what an intimidating environment going up to Logan and playing in the spectrum can be right. and they specifically referenced the fans doing that imitation of a man jogging <laughs> so, 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 so really good jogging pace like you, I don't know what marathon you're going to win jogging like with these arms here folks so. uh, hey, you're, you're moving it, it might not be aerodynamic right. but I guess a man jogging milking a cow there like I, st- I think I told the story a couple weeks ago like how Reggie Theus when he coached uh, this one when uh, Utah played New Mexico State mm-hmm. they were in mm-hmm. the whack right yes um, and um, uh, Reggie Theus was the coach of New Mexico State Aggies and we interviewed him and he said stuff like you know this is a very coordinated group and that, that's what makes the Utah State environment very um, intimidating because like you know they're it's, it's not huge. It's not a well, huge Reggie Theus can speak to the coordination yeah. of the yeah. student section right. so, personally. Yeah, so like, like, I'm a Reggie, Reg. but yeah, it's like they're so coordinated and they do it. In, um, I mean, what was the first time you did the Scot the Scotsman? You went up there, right? So like, oh, I grew up in Logan, right. so, so I was doing you, you the Scotsman at seven years old. Okay, you know, so. my parents would take me up to the game and drop me off, and I'd just find my way down to the court. I, yeah, I'm trying to remember like my my first time just going to. I, I, I I'm pretty sure it wasn't a football game. I'm pretty sure I went to a basketball game just because, again, you're in Logan. It's a random like Thursday night, and um, it's what you do. And so, like, I went with you. Didn't have friends. homework? <laughs> sure, yeah. Who? <laughs> do, do we need to discuss your GPA? We, we don't do we don't do homework anymore, folks. And, uh, <laughs> it's not healthy for you. But yeah, you, you go to a game and you like like you just you copy. I'm like, well, what is everybody doing? Like, oh, this is you, you feel silly when you first do it. It does right? seem at, kind at, of at ridiculous. The thing is, everybody's doing it. So, like, all right, cool. The mob mentality makes it. And then you're just like, yep. And, and when you see everybody else do it, you, you'll see it on TV. They'll, they'll show, like, when Utah State is good and, and they're in the March Madness tournament and you have a, a – or, like, that bracket busters, um, uh, they'll, they'll show student sections do that. So it's, it's fun. Like, you're just like, this is really weird, but okay. So you just – and then it just becomes second nature. 
it's a strange thing to observe, but like, yeah, like you said, it, it becomes second nature if you're a Utah State fan going to games. Mm-hmm. If you're a student and you're up there, it's that mob, mob mentality, and you just get used to it. You jump into it, and in basketball games, this doesn't matter quite as much, but like if you go to a football game in early November in Logan, sometimes doing the Scotsman is just a nice warm-up activity. <laughs> it gets so cold there, but uh, you know, the Scotsman, one of those things Aggie fans didn't have a lot of chances to do at the first responders bowl down in Dallas. Let's get started with that football game. A 38 to 10 Um, beat down. You know, it's a, we, we talked about this last week, and I can't remember if we talked this on or off air, but I was like, ah, bowl games, like, do they really matter? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you, you had mentioned, like, you know, the what really mattered was the extra, you know, few weeks of uh, practice and just some uh, being with the team. Um, you know, this is sort of like the NIL of, of, of bowl games. Like, if you win, it's really nice. Like, you, yeah. The fans are happy. But if you lose, nobody's going – nobody – I don't know if there's a lot of Utah State fans. I follow a few on Twitter that were like – Ah, disappointed that they lost the championship game. Like, well, we're recording here Thursday afternoon, about 48 hours after the right. game, and I follow a lot of Aggie fans and, and people related to Utah State on Twitter as well, and I haven't seen a lot of people complaining and, and you know, really down in the dumps over it. it yeah, I mean, these bowl games you lose after, the game, you get yeah, over it. These bowl games after Christmas, like, I'm uh, just like, there's so much going on. Yeah. You're still recovering from Christmas. I mean, I was at, I was at my other job, I'm uh, at work when the game was going on, so I didn't get to see all of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I mean, uh, they lost by, you know, lost by 28. That is that is what it is, but, I mean, hey, but overall, you know, with the with the bar that the Utah State Aggies set at the beginning of the year, successful season, you know, was, you lost your last game, but getting getting that game was, was impressive. When um, you when you open the year 1-5, and 1-6, and six, yeah. and you make a bowl game, yeah. You're happy with that, yeah. and, and that's that's really what it comes down to. The, the takeaway that I had from this bowl game is it's it's not the outcome. It was watching that team. How many young players were on the field? Right. How many returning players I mean, were on the field? Hurt the game again. Like, yeah, um, uh, you know the the guy that took over for you know the starting quarterback Logan Bonner at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know he got hurt. Cooper Lagar Cooper Lagar got hurt. I mean you wrote the article. Uh, you can find it on KSLSports dot com. A company man, <laughs> folks. Company man. Um, uh, but yeah, like he uh, like there was a game where um, you know all, all their quarterbacks went down. Logan Bonner had already gone down. Mm-hmm. Cooper Lagar, uh, Levi Williams. Uh, you know the transfer. Like you know, some of us thought that he might take the start starting job at the beginning of the year. Um, he never really got off the off the bench you know, due to injury. So, really, really sad. Like, I'm like, oh, but hey, you know, Cooper Legal goes down again, and um, uh, the, the Aggies had to face a lot of injuries this, this year. So. Yeah, and that was really the story of the entire season was injury. So you, you talked about the the issues at quarterback. You lose a couple of your your defensive tackles. Uh, there were issues at linebacker. MJ Tafisi uh, went out mid season and missed a few games. That was a big loss. The secondary, they were they yeah. there were two or three guys out every single week. It seemed in the last couple weeks of the year, they they played without Ike Larson, their yep. standout redshirt freshman. But this was All-American a team that or, um, um, yeah. college football news yeah, All American, right. I believe, is is what Ike was named the uh, second team. 
But it, so you were just playing behind the eight ball all season long. And so, like I say, the fact that you made it to a bowl game, no matter what the outcome was, you can kind of hang your hat on that. And then you start looking at the positives. And like I say, all that youth, you know, so I, I've got the box score here in front of me. And just looking at the, the skill position players, Cooper Lagab, Bishop Davenport, and Levi Williams, three names that you just said, all attempted passes in that game. They are all expected to return next season, as well as you've got, we're, we'll talk about the National Signing Day, but freshman McKay Hillstead is going to be coming in. That's you've big. got... Um, McKay Hillstead had, had a huge year in, mm-hmm. uh, in high school sports for Utah this year. Yeah, so. and well, he's been starting for one of the best programs in the state right. as, since he was a sophomore. Yeah. So he's going to come in with a ton of experience. You've got... Um, did, did, he, like, they won the, he, he won the state championship this year, right? Yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, and then another name who didn't play it all this year, uh, another uh, quarterback that fans from Utah might recognize the name of is Chase Tuatagaloa out of Orem High. He redshirted this season. So you've got a lot of youth. Um, you've got the guys who, who ran the ball this year, Terrell Vaughn, or ran the ball against Memphis, Terrell Vaughn taking carries. You've got Jordan Wilmore out of the backfield, got a couple carries. Uh, more than likely, Robert Briggs was a freshman this year. He's Robert likely Briggs to return. The, he had a, like the early game where like, you know, he had that like huge early game. He had. I was looking through his stats this year. He had three or four games where yeah. he – he, when he got double-figure carries, he was really effective. Like, when Whoa. he wasn't getting used, obviously right. it was different. You know, right. if he was just getting a carry here and there, he he seemed to have a hard time really getting himself ingratiated into that, the that game. That was a big difference between last year and this year. I think the the rushing attack, mm-hmm. uh, even though they had a lot of like Calvin Tyler, right? Um, uh, you know, came back and he had a great year too. Um, but like I remember, um, uh, one of his the early games for the for the Aggies. Had like a hundred yards and like whoa this this freshman's coming out like this guy could be in and he's coming back so that's that's great so after a solid year this year yeah yeah excited about Briggs coming back and, and you're gonna want to look for some some depth at the running back position absolutely um, couple big losses so far to the transfer portal um, for Utah State defensive end Daniel Greshik entered the transfer portal I believe it was earlier today. He, he announced that he would be doing that as a grad senior transfer. So uh, led the team with eight and a half sacks. That'll be a big loss. Yeah. And then also another one that I personally didn't expect but makes a lot of sense to me, especially with the new NIL rules. And basically it's the, it's the Old West. If you have right. money, you can pay for guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, former Bingham graduate, Waylon Lapuaho is entering the transfer portal. So that's a kid who, true freshman for Utah State, started all 13 games on the offensive line and entering the transfer portal. Of course, it's not guaranteed that he's going to leave, but likely. And, you know, 13 starts along the offensive line as a true freshman. You would imagine somebody's got a check yeah, so, if Waylon's yeah. interested, so, I mean that's a. I mean, and, and Hunter is entering them. Hunter well. Reynolds is graduating. Right. He'll be entering the draft. Yeah. So, um, declaring for the draft, I should say. Um, uh, yeah, like uh, we do declare. Um, <laughs> you you just had to, yes. right? <laughs> I declare the NFL draft. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, as you said, so a bunch of bunch of young guys coming back. We have some National Science Days com- guys coming in that we talked about already. Like, um, and, and I mean, you know, the transfer portal giveth. And take it away, right? Yep, so absolutely. Hopefully, I, um, uh, you know, when when the summer comes along, we'll get some more 
uh, players at Utah State that um, uh, come, come through. I mean, Levi Williams, again, came through the transfer portal yep. last year. Yeah. So. yeah, well, and there's always talent. There's always yes. talent out there. You just have to go out there and find it, and you have to uh, you have yep. to convince them to come into Logan is, is worthwhile. I would expect with this Aggie team, you know, 23 players committed on National Signing Day in mid-December. Um, 11 high school kids, 10 junior college transfers, and two four-year transfers. Um, you know, to just guys all over the roster. So we'll see what kind of contribution the freshmen will have for us next year. But I would expect, as I'm looking at this roster, uh, as I talk about all the experience coming back next year, one position group where it really stands out that they're going to need to bring in some, some supplements and make some changes is that offensive line, especially yes. with the loss of La Puajo. Jacob South, I believe, has some eligibility and a couple of guys, but you're losing Alfred Edwards. You're at left tackle. You're losing Chandler Dolphin at center. You're losing La Puajo. So the entire left side of your offensive line is gone. You've got a, a couple of guys graduating. Uh, Wade Meacham, I think, might have some eligibility yeah, remaining. Have, uh, you know, the two years of Blake Anderson teams that we see, you know, you obviously want to give your quarterback time, but you also want to be able to create those running lanes for those uh, running backs yeah. that we talked about. And so get that running game going opens yep. up a lot for, I mean, the – the way the Aggies ended last year, they were running so effectively that it really opened up play action, a lot of other things yes. to get these guys open. So, um, yeah, so hopefully, um, I mean, we've seen, um, uh, you know, surprisingly two years ago, Blake Anderson bring in some guys that were yep. really impressive. So um, uh, if, the, if that staff can continue to find um, uh, these, you know, diamonds in the rough, I mean, you're not going to get those five-star, four-star guys, but you can get guys who, could, who can really do a good a good enough job to um, uh, ma- make it make the team better well you know one guy i mentioned earlier today mj tafisi is uh i I believe he went to davis high but he started his college career at washington as a husky and spent two or three years up at washington before transferring to utah state and he was the team's leading tackler before going down with an injury um i think that was also the colorado state game where they lost all our quarterbacks as well (laughs) that did that was that was a tough trip that one in, in Colorado State. Yeah, so they ended up winning that game, but um, it came at a cost. It <laughs> did come at a cost. Uh, a few locals in the NFL as we we move on uh, from real, real quick though. Oh. Um, as we were talking about the Scotsman, before, you know pre pre game. Yeah. Did you see that um, uh, that Utah State um, uh, used a Texas band? No, I did see that. Cedar they, High Band. Yeah. So, like, they learned like, two like, or three yeah, Utah the, the State songs. Song, they learned the Scotsman. Apparently they, they did a halftime performance, oh, too. And, oh, there you go. And I heard from, you know, just looking on social media, some people who were yeah. at the game uh, really complimented this so, high school band, said I, they, they learned the songs, they sounded great. And uh, so so thank I wish I had the name of that Texas right. high school uh, band. Cedar, I'll look it up real quick. It's like Cedar High, but... Um, uh, uh, I, I retweeted it, but um, uh, it's uh, at Who Trans Superman. That's H U U T R N Superman. If you yeah, well, you're maybe. looking that up. I'll, I'll go over these locals in the yeah. NFL. Devin Tompkins plays in his his third game. Not a lot on offense, just four snaps, but takes 13 special team snaps, returns three kicks for 68 yards, and one punt for another 14 yards in a Bucks win. Uh, Dallin Levitt, a safety for the Green Bay Packers, had 20 special team snaps and. And finished with two tackles in a Packers win over Miami as Green Bay tries to make a late season playoff push. And then long snapper Patrick Scales 
playing on special teams with the Chicago Bears, but you, you can't talk about locals in the NFL from Utah State without mentioning Bobby Wagner, 11th NFL season, the man against my Denver Broncos. I wish we didn't have to talk about it because that was not a <laughs> not a very fun game, 51-14. to 14. The Rams might be the one, one, of the, one of the worst teams in the NFL, and they beat the Broncos by 37. <sighs> they, they whooped them. Move on. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Like when you talk about Devin Tompkins, uh, I'm uh, – so, so this week, not that, but last week had his catch, had a, had a sweep run, mm-hmm. like his role expanding. Like, all yeah. right, cool. So he's like, we talked about like a chance for him not only just to return kicks and and punts, but um, uh, to, and he got some offensive play. So you know, it's not gonna be every week. You know, he's he's a smaller guy, and the Bucks are still um uh, in looking to um, uh, get first playoff place contention. In the, right. Um, uh, I mean playoff contention, and I'm um, uh, first in the division. So. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yes, yeah, but the, he, this he first got, in the you know? NFC South count. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that band was Cedar Hill Band. They're on Twitter at Red Army Band C H H S. So, oh, well, Cedar Hill Band. Thank you for playing the uh, Cedar playing Hill the High School. The yeah. Scotsman. Thank the you Scotsman. so much. We appreciate it. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, and then Bobby Wagner um, uh, picking off his former teammate. Russell Russell Wilson. Mm. Um, uh, a lot of things we could say about <laughs> Russ Wilson right now. Still, 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 um, more bathroom than the TDs. Um, uh, Russell Wilson. Um, but yeah, Bobby <laughs> Wagner. Like, still, we talked about just a few weeks ago how you know he he, he chose to go to L.A. Um, you know, yeah, St. Louis or St. Louis, L.A. Um, uh, you know, I know what in the past. L.A. You know, not going anywhere, but, but, but yeah, Bobby Wagner still shows that he's got. A few years left, you know, leading the league uh, team in tackles and, um, uh, you know, that pick. I mean, I don't know where he's going to be next year, but still pretty impressive uh, from Bobby Wagner. I don't know. Broncos need some linebacker. Broncos need a lot of things. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's, let's move on to some Aggie basketball. Let's talk about the women's basketball team real quick. Three and eight. Kayla Ard leading the squad in and really what's amounting to a rebuilding season. Lost yeah. a lot of players. Uh, coming in for her first year, they're three and eight in non-conference. They've got two games. Actually, we're recording on Thursday. It is four thirty right now. Two hours from now, they'll be tipping off against Air Force okay. at Air Force, and then San Diego State at home, uh, five o'clock Saturday night. So right mm-hmm. before you, you know you're you're thinking about getting ready for your New Year's Eve party, go to the basketball game <laughs> instead. Yeah. And then go out right. to your New Year's Eve party. It's uh, it's, it's Logan. There's it's not any good parties. Right. It's Mount West. If you, if you can just um, do well in your in your conference, you you, you have a chance. So yeah, uh, well, and that's that's really the way I kind of look at this. The three and eight. You throw out that non-conference. You've you've had a little bit of time, a few days to practice, come together as a group, and figure out who you are and what you're going to be this year. And maybe you make a run in, in the conference right. regular season. And who knows where it goes from here? Go, go again. Go look at Utah and see what they did in the last few years. Yeah, see exactly, at, right? so, exactly. Uh, the men's team is uh, pretty interesting. Um, men's uh, team still looking really good. Eleven and two. They dropped a couple games since we last right. talked, but, but um, uh, I mean, they still got some interesting wins. Um, and that Diamond Head Classic. And, yeah, uh, they're all, you know, eleven two out of conference, um, but before conference play starts, is really impressive. Yeah, it's it's the best start yeah. since uh, nineteen twenty. So it's not like right. we're going back too far when they yeah. were they I were mean, ten and two. I mean, be- better than um, when they had uh, Sam Merrill and uh, Nimish Keda. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I it's funny they they lost their best player Justin Bean last mm-hmm. year from last year, um, and this is sort of like you know 
connects with the football team too that they brought back a lot of guys. Yes. And so the same thing with the football team, they're going to be bringing back a lot of guys next year. So that, that helps. Uh, they went and got uh, that, the, the transfer uh, Funk. Taylor Funk. Uh, Taylor Funk. Out of St. Joseph's. Yep. And so, I mean, wow, again, with, with low expectations coming to the season, uh, really, really impressive. And, and maybe that continuity has helped Ryan Odom, new coach Ryan Odom. Like, okay, cool. Now we've had a year under our belt. We knew because last year they kind of ended the Mount West tournament. They they had a close game, but they still lost them uh, very early in that tournament. So, um, to Colorado State, I want to say I'll trust you. Yeah, <laughs> I was there. I, I mean, I was there. But you know, when you get older, your memory starts to fade. But yeah, like they they lost early. They lost early in the tournament last year, but they 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 looked like they had chances. So. I think what what you could say about Utah State last season, and this is obviously a reflection of Ryan Odom and the, the coaching lineage. You know, his father being such a such a great college Lamar. coach for for so many years. Lamar, that not Lamar. <laughs> no, 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 I, no, I think yeah. it's a different Odom. <laughs> this is a team that I I think has coached really well. Yes. I, I just think yes. you know Ryan Odom. He he knows what he has in his players. He puts them. He's one of those coaches that is able to put the put his players in the best position to succeed, rather than I'm going to run my system. Right. And so Utah State has two very good point guards. Yeah, I was going to say that didn't they say, like Ashworth came off the bench against uh, yeah. Wazoo, right? Well, Ryland, right. Ashworth is actually starting. Oh, so, so Ryland so Jones, Jones started right. the season, right. and then when when he suffered a concussion. He missed three games, I believe it was. So it was the last game, but last game Ryland Jones started, right, against Wazoo? He, Ryland Jones came back, but I don't think he started the game. I, I can look yeah, up the box up, score. I, I, man, either I wrote, it, I wrote it wrong for TV, but anyway, Ryland Jones had a really good game coming back against Wazoo. Um, oh, no, they did have him starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. Yeah, and My Ashworth, fault. Ashworth off the bench um, uh, with uh, you know, uh, three threes, um, uh, three for three from from deep. Um, uh, the Aggies had 11 threes that game. Um uh, just a really like they got down a little bit early, but they they controlled most of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess Wazoo, a, a Pac-12 opponent. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought it was a pretty impressive win. Um, uh, yeah, I, it, this is a good Utah State team, and mm-hmm. really, it, you know, only two losses. So hard to hard to know a ton when their when their backs are up against the wall. But they've had some difficult games. You know, they went to San Francisco, mm-hmm. played yes. a tough San Francisco team, Loyola Marymount uh, in Vegas. They played. Um, San Diego in San Diego that game ended up going to overtime and this Utah State team I think the best way that I can describe them is this is the the absolute prototype of a a you know when shots fall you're going to win games this is Utah State team that shoots a ton of threes I actually had some some really interesting stats as I was looking through and trying to figure out what helps make this team successful? But like looking at Mountain West leaders, Utah State has attempted 140. They've attempted 338 threes, 34 more threes than the next most attempts in the Mountain West, which is Colorado State. They're shooting, making 43 and a half percent of their right. shots, which is almost seven percent better than Ryan the next Jones, best team in Ryan the Mountain Jones West. Is a good player, but like he, I don't know. He's not he, a great shooter. Not, yeah, Rylan Jones is much more of a right. facilitator, but and, if you leave him open yeah. he's not afraid to uh, shoot Ashworth, he'll, he'll Ashworth hit a is, shot yeah, Ashworth is like leading the Mountain West in uh, in percentages we we could go right. all night talking about Stephen Ashworth the season that Stephen Ashworth is having is ab- is right. absolutely carrying Utah State not that right he wasn't now a bad player before but like he's sort of taking he's the 
Mountain West leading scorer right now. Right. He's averaging 17.4 points per game, I think, in the in four starts. Otherwise, he's been coming off of the bench. He is making the most threes per, per game. He is shooting the highest three-point percentage. You, go, yeah. you look at any shooting list in the Mountain West, and Stephen Ashworth is in the top three. Right. He's been incredible this year in what he's been able to do. And, you know, with, with his, we'll say physical limitations, he's, he's a short sure. dude. Yeah. But he can fill it. And this is up. where this is where like the, that good coaching you're talking about, Ryan Odom. Like again, Stephen Ashworth. Like oh, I'm I'm leading the the, the league in scoring. Mm-hmm. I'm you know I, you know. But he came off the bench. He seemed fine with it. He he still scored 11 points. He hit three threes against some uh, Wazoo. Like he, he he did really well. Like I mean, uh, his last three uh, <laughs> it was was a nice little deep dagger <laughs> to put mm-hmm. the game away. Oh in, yeah, in that game. And I was like, oh man. Like he's just making it making it rain. So yeah, both he Ashworth and Taylor Funk have really really good range. Um, we've seen Max Shulga pull right. up from yeah. from super deep a few times this season. And this is live by the three, die by the three. That's what Utah yeah. State does uh, against Weber State. When you lose seventy five seventy two, it was missed was, shots. Oh they boy, were was a... ice cold in the second <laughs> half, and then the loss to SMU, another yeah. three point loss, one possession game, and it was just poor shooting. That's that's what it comes down to for this Utah State team. And and it could shift once you get into conference. Looking at some of the numbers, defensively, there are questions about this team. They allow the most points in the Mountain West in non-conference play. Shootouts. But, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it could be that could be a reflection of, well, the Aggies are scoring so many points and getting up and down so fast that other teams have more possessions right. and are able to score a little bit more. So we're going to learn a lot about this team as they get into Mountain West play. Fortunately for the, it could be fortunate, could be unfortunate with the idea that they're playing so well right now. But uh, one of the nation's remaining undefeated teams, New Mexico, 13 and 0 right now. They're number 22 in the country, and we don't play them until February 1st. Right. So it's still better than a month until we play that New Mexico yeah. team. And so I, that would be, I think, one of the questions I would have for you. If if you're Ryan Odom, put yourself in his shoes. Would you rather play New Mexico State, get that toughest conference game out of the way, right out of the shoe, or do you mind waiting State. for or New Mexico? I was like New Mexico. Sorry, State. sorry, sorry. New like, Mexico. Like, <laughs> but do you mind yeah. waiting a month um, and getting a few more games under your belt, playing in conference, and and then you face them? I, another thing that sometimes you don't think about is that that home that home court advantage. Gets much better in Jan- like like the second week of January when the students come back. True, because true. Uh, like uh, I, I know some people who went to the Weber State Utah State game. I was like, how how was it? Because I like that was like the week after finals, and um, I know when I went to school there, you know, finals week for the basketball they weren't great, but. You know, to their credit, I heard the heard heard the that it was a really good stadium. That well, night. you were back there when, like, it was during that time. It was the Gosner's Classic, right? Something, yeah. They would have yeah, like yeah. the Gosner's Something Classic really, and have, uh, yeah. uh, I, I mean, Binghamton State and yeah. teams like that come in. I, I lived close enough that well, you know, my last final, I was like, all right, well, I'm out, guys. <laughs> like, I go home. Like, <laughs> you were the students that left. Yeah. Thanks, who? Yeah, you well, <laughs> you are the person that you're about to criticize. Yeah, well, it's, it's a school, man, and, and, and it's fine. Like, I mean, that's things that. Like so, school starts again for for uh, winter s- semester and like our spring semester in like January, I don't know, tenth or something like that. Dude. So, so yeah. So I mean, um, uh, once some uh, that that team gets back in front of their home crowd, they're loud, they're ruckus. That really builds momentum. Yes. Um, uh, uh, if, you, if you go if you start going undefeated in conference, 
you know, it, the, the snowball picks up and the fans will start lining up. They'll start going. It'll be crazy. And that momentum can carry you. So I, I think that is a good, um, uh, getting yourself a month before I'm uh, facing presumably one of the best teams in the, in the uh, Mount West conference. So, yeah. I, and I mean, we both know that when a good team comes into the spectrum, especially when it's a good Utah State yep. team that they're playing it might, against. It might be yeah. televised, right? It, well, right now it's scheduled to be on FS1, but oh, yeah, I wouldn't be, be surprised to to see that get get moved to okay. a larger Fox channel. I wonder if yeah, I wonder. Like, I remember like even like bracket busters, ESPN games, like late games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're like, oh my god, this game on TV. Those were fun. We would go, man. Like so, yeah. So I, I think I'm, uh, that's good. So. Got some tests like UNLV. Um, uh, they're not undefeated anymore, but they were. They're still a pretty good team. Well, let's let's look at the Mountain West right. because that's, as I was looking at the the conference overall, there's seven teams with at least ten wins in non-conference play, yes. and I you know I'm not looking around at all right. the other conferences yeah. <laughs> in the country, but seven seems like a lot. So you've got let's see teams with um, ten plus wins. Uh, let's see. I got I have to read my notes. This is always the hard part. So Nevada, Utah State, UNLV all have 11. San Diego State, San Jose State, and Boise State all have 10. And then, of course, you've got New Mexico at, at 13 and 0. So this is a deep conference. And then there's a couple more teams with nine wins. Yeah, some of those some, some of those teams are, are Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars. What am I trying to say? <laughs> some of those teams are, um, uh, you know, every year like um, uh, they're they're good basketball teams. Like Boise State, mm-hmm. you know, they'll have, they'll have up and down years, but like I mean, when they're good, they're good. Yep. Right? UNLV, UNLV. I mean, I mean, that, always that, have that, talent. Right. Like that, that, that team, um, uh, they really pride themselves on their basketball team. So. Fresno State's a team, hit yeah. or miss. Sometimes mm-hmm. they'll have some really good talent. So, yeah, like those teams can be really San good. San Diego yeah. State. I mean, they're like Utah State. Utah State will have uh, some down years. Yeah. But when they're good, like they're a good team. So. Man, maybe this is a year that Mount West get multiple teams in the in the tournament. Who knows? Yeah, I, I mean the way it's shaping out, and and it, you know, you, of course you right. you always have kind of rose colored glasses when you're well, you're the, looking early in the year they're, and they're you're thinking each other. they're they're going to start beating up on themselves. Yeah, yeah. So. and there's always going to be an injury or two. You never know who it's going to be that goes down. Like for the Aggies, my concern is point guard depth. I think they've got really good depth, and they can withstand an injury at nearly any position for a handful of games. But at point guard, you've got Ashworth and Ryland Jones. You have two starting point guards. But beyond that, you don't have another guy. Now, you can withstand the loss of Ryland Jones for three or four games because you have a host of guys on your roster that can handle the ball. But when teams start to key on that and they're trying to take away Max Shulga, you know, Shulga, who's got, I think, three double-doubles this year, one with points and rebounds, two with points and assists, when when you start trying to take away some of the things that he's able to do because you're missing a a guard, that's when it would get a lot more difficult. And so I I think this is a team that absolutely has the potential to, you know, to to make some noise in the Mountain West, yes. they can knock off any team in this conference. But like I said, live by the three, die by the three. They right. shoot way more threes than any other team in the conference, and they're better at it than anybody else. But those until, until cold nights Weber are State. gonna yeah. happen. Until they're that, not. You State. lost to Weber State. Yeah, that's a. Uh, it's that yeah. that is a team that's probably worse than anybody else in the Mountain West, and right, yes. it's just. 
Lived by the three, died by the three. They had they had a halftime lead, and then just and then it all went away. So I think the kind of the way I phrased it, looking at the notes here, was if you're not a fan of analytics basketball, you don't want to watch Utah State. Right, it's all about (laughs) analytics and smart shots. It's not you know, yeah. Hey, that that can work for the Mountain West, and then hopefully that can translate into. Something longer term, but yeah, if, if, if they can get that ball moving, and um, uh, before we go here, you know, wait, we we are basketball, but also you know, Utah State gymnastics starting up too. Like, tell me about it. You know, I mean, the Red Rocks are of course like the, the you know the number one in the state, but last year, I mean, Utah State, SEU, BYU, all I think I'm gonna dip into the top twenty five at some point in the year. So, um, they I, I think they still have Bree Clark on that team, so um, they'll be fun. I mean, the best of Utah is coming up in two weeks. I want to say two or three weeks. Uh, January thirteenth, maybe. So that's it. If if, um, uh, if you're into gymnastics, if you're, if you're not go, go if, you, if you have young kids, young daughters that um, are interested in this. Saturday, January fourteenth. Fourteenth. So it's January fourteenth um, uh, at uh, Maverick Center. Go watch the best of Utah. It's a uh, U, U, Utah, Utah State, BYU, um, SUU. It's it's fun time. I'll tell you, those gymnastics meets can be super fun. So uh, hopefully, um, uh, they get some get, get some love up there uh, in Logan for uh, Utah State gymnastics because that team's on the rise. Yeah, so. that's that's a good gymnastics team. There's good gymnastics throughout the state of Utah, uh, and so yeah, that's that's something that who and I will make sure that we're we're yeah. covering each week on on the Scotsman. Who? Where can I find you on social media? Yeah, uh, at who h u u t r a n Superman. That's Superman. Um, you know how it goes. Where, where, where can they hit you up, sir? You can find me on Twitter at bpriest24. That's at B-P-R-E-E-C-E-24. I'm not nearly as witty on Twitter <laughs> as you are. Yeah, I just heard that um, uh, Brian's pay is directly connected to five-star reviews, folks. Oh, so, yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Drop a five. He needs to feed his family. 50-cent bonus. Uh, yes. Every single five-star review is <laughs> yeah. what I'm told. 50, 50 cents per – I'm not sure if it's 50 cents per hour if it's just I a think, unit I price. Think I think it's per star. Real quick, so Utah State women's basketball, they're going to be taking on tonight against Air Force at Air Force, and they come back home Saturday. San Diego State, 5 o'clock, and that game is going to be – after the men play Fresno State in the Spectrum on Saturday at noon, I hope they. Uh, I hope that works out. Like, like hopefully the the fans can kind of. I mean, it's, it's a it's a big gap. You know, they you know. used to do it, so they used to have a like double headers when they first restarted the women's program, and they would play the women's game at like five o'clock, and then the men's game at seven thirty, and have like a thirty minute gap, and so the like the fans from the women's game could stay for the men's game they don't do that i wish they would it seems like it would make sense i don't know i there's there's a reason i'm not in marketing (laughs) yeah check out our work kslsports.com brian priest who tran send them out well uh, hey we'll catch you guys later